Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and it's been a minute. Uh, did you guys miss me? The NFL draft is April 23rd, which is next Thursday, and I thought it would be good of a time as any to hop back on the pod. It's been a couple of weeks since I last did a pod, and during that time, I've been sheltered in place. I've been trying to be safe uh, for myself and for my family. And so to all those listening to this pod, I mean, it's been uh, it's been a trippy couple of weeks, especially for those that are also in California with me. Um, you know, for, for myself personally, job-wise, I'm in real estate. And so a lot of my deals, a lot of my business has been put on hold right now. And it's been a little tough for myself personally, but you know what? I'm trying to remain positive. I'm trying to, you know, stay sharp get something good out of this experience, reach out to clients and, you know, just, just trying to stay afloat amidst this uh, really interesting time in our lives right now, especially the start 2020. So for those that are out there, uh, I hope that you guys are continuing to be safe, healthy, good hygiene, good practice. And, you know, in due time, we'll, we'll get past this, guys. So to you, your friends, your family, I wish you well. So with that being said, you know, the one constant in terms of sports remains the NFL draft. The NFL season right now, it seems to be still slated until further notice to start to, you know, come fall time. The NFL draft, it has not been postponed. It's still April 23rd, 24th, 25th uh, for the first round starting on Thursday. Uh, but the key variable for, for this year is that instead of doing like the NFL draft what was supposed to be hosted in Las Vegas, uh, instead, uh, we're going to do it remotely. It's going to be the first time for the NFL draft to have it remote. All the general managers, all the, all the coaches, all the staff, all the personnel, they're going to be likely either communicating on, on conference calls, Zoom, um, I, I don't know, whatever, but it's going to be a very... Interesting time to conduct an NFL draft, not at one place. Um, obviously, shelter in place limits us that for um, good reason, you know, social distancing and, and whatnot. And so that's one key variable with this NFL draft. Another thing to keep in mind as well is, you know, NFL scouts, personnel guys, you know, people that are on the medical field doing physicals for, for athletes, uh, pro days, all that has been honestly that's been postponed as well. So for these NFL teams, whether you're the Niners, Rams, Cardinals, Seahawks, I mean, you know, you look at some of these prospects that you were planning to to meet person face to face, check out their their workouts. That you really couldn't do that this year. It was telephone calls, it was Zoom calls, and that was pretty much it. Um, even for for the medicals, you couldn't really like for Tua, for example, you know, the, the quarterback at Alabama. A lot of teams could not get their own medical staff to take a look at some of his injury concerns. And so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of things that are different from 2020 NFL draft versus years past. So having said that, let's go ahead and preview a little bit of the NFL draft specifically for the NFC West teams. And before I do just a quick preview of each team in the NFC West, I did do an NFL mock draft on the blog, which is www.justthewest.com. It's the Just the West version 
one of the mock draft. And what I typically do is uh, I have a couple of versions of the mock draft, especially since we're still a couple days away into to the NFL draft. And so I'll do a couple of mock drafts accordingly to edit that and see how things go as as things change. I mean, shit, Joe Staley, he could he could retire. Um, the Seahawks could trade Bobby Wagner. I'm I'm not saying it'll, it'll happen, but. Things are always subject to change as we go into the NFL draft. There might be a little bit of a pre-draft draft trade. That's happened plenty in years past, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Stay tuned. Check out the blog, www.justthewest.com. Okay, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, I will pick one of my more favorable teams in the NFC West. Let's choose uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Okay, so the San Francisco 49ers, they're coming off a Super Bowl appearance, last Super Bowl loss. Good, bad, there's some mixed emotions from that, but we'll save that for another day. Uh, but yeah, they did have some movement this offseason. And, you know, the good thing about th- this team right now is they retain most of their their, their key players. Uh, 10 out of their 11 defenders on their starting defense will return come 2020. They extended it to Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward. So that's all hunky-dory. But uh, who's the 11th guy that is no longer with the team? DeForest Buckner. Uh, they traded him this offseason to the Indianapolis Colts for a first-round pick, 13th overall. Frees a lot of cap space because DeForest Buckner just got paid uh, 20 mil plus annually in, in salary. And so the Colts paid him. And instead of paying that price tag, the Niners chose to extend Eric Armstead for about 17 mil a clip. So they made that decision to choose Armstead over Buckner. And in return, they get some draft capital. So you look into their draft selection of picks. Uh, they have two first-round picks. They have the 13th overall, the 31st. And then they don't have a second-round pick. That second-round pick went to D Ford in that trade. They don't have a third-round pick. They don't have a fourth-round pick. Those two picks went to the midseason trade for Emmanuel Sanders with the Broncos. And so they lost that. Emmanuel Sanders, he left for the New Orleans Saints. So they're left with two fifth-round picks, a sixth-round pick, and two seventh-round picks. And so it's going to be really interesting for these Niners to see what they're going to do, whether they're going to trade up with their two first-round picks, they're going to trade back. Um, you know, they don't have that much wiggle in the mid-rounds. So two firsts, two fifths, a six, and two sevens. And so with that 13th overall pick, I mean, there are... When I look at this NFL draft class, I mean, there is a good amount of blue chip prospects that the Niners could really take a look at uh, for both receiver, defensive tackle, offensive lineman. Uh, there's a lot of really good prospects that you can get in the top 15, top 16 that would really, um, you know, whether you want to go Henry Ruggs as, as your Tyree Hill, you might want to go Andrew Thomas as your um tackle replacement for Joe Saley down the line. You could get, uh, you know, Javon Kinlaw, a defensive tackle to, to replace DeForest Buckner. Uh, but you get what I'm saying. Will they remain there at the 13th overall pick and and get a guy right there? Will they trade back? Uh, that remains to be seen. And then with their 31st overall pick, I mean, you know, typically we've seen in years past, whether it's been Teddy Bridgewater or Lamar Jackson, but typically speaking, there's usually a team that wants to trade back into the first round and draft a quarterback with that 30th, 31st, 32nd overall pick. 
Now, why do teams do that? Okay, uh, because first round picks versus other later round picks. That first round pick, when you select someone, you have them on contract for five years. Five years. Okay. Uh, other other. I think second round picks are four years and you know, three years, what, what have you. But for first round picks, they are on contract for five years. And if you can get a quarterback in the first round, you get them at a pretty good budget of a rookie salary for five years. Okay. So for the Niners, I mean, are you going to sit there or are you going to try to trade back and retain some value in the second and third round since you don't have those draft picks right now? Uh, those are kind of the things that I'm thinking if I'm the Niners. And so right now, you know, with their offseason, I mentioned this before, offensive tackle, offensive lineman, you know, they're getting a little bit bare in the cupboard in terms of depth. That's an issue. Wide receiver outside of Debo Samuel. Uh, they lost Emmanuel Sanders, so they have, what, Dante Pettis, Kendrick Bourne. Are you going to rely on Jalen Hurd, Trent Taylor? So they would probably like to get another receiver or two in this year's draft class. Uh, will that happen 13th overall? I don't know, but it's a pretty deep draft class. Uh, and then there's defensive tackle, defensive lineman, just because, you know, by default, they lost to Forrest Buckner. So are they okay with Ronald Blair and Solomon Thomas, D.J. Jones, or do they want to get some more depth at that position? Further strengthening a strength, which is always, you know, it's not a bad idea to do. And then the last thing, you know, cornerback. It's not an immediate need right now in 2020, but keep in mind, come 2021, they're going to have a lot of decisions to make. Richard Sherman, Akella Witherspoon, uh, K1 Williams, they're all free agents. Chukwiski Tart, all free agents. Okay, so if it was in my best interest down the line, yeah, I'd probably draft a defensive back or two to once again keep the cupboard fresh. Okay, so the Niners, let's go ahead and go on the other spectrum of the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks. Now, the Seahawks are coming off another postseason appearance, and it's, it's just... It's just trippy for them. They were like inches away from beating the Niners and taking the NFC West division and getting a higher seed. Uh, but, you know, it didn't happen. So it didn't happen. They got wild card instead of winning the division, and they, they played the Packers on the road. It, it was a really tough game. Uh, they certainly had a chance to win in advance, but, you know, the cards weren't in their favor this time around. And, you know, for, for a team that has been kind of up and down uh, this past season— yeah, they were literally inches away from winning the NFC West division. So just think about that. They're right in the mix, and they still have Russell Wilson, franchise quarterback. Uh, they still have plenty of pieces to, you know, feel good about. But, you know, it's just uh, they have... I, I would like to say this is a very important draft for them because they have a lot of transitioning players that are stepping into the roles post-Camp Chancellor, post-Richard Sherman, some of those players have worked out. Some of them have not. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. They still need to keep the cupboard fresh. This has been like an ongoing issue for a lot of these winning teams uh, that, you know, you continue to win, but a lot, a lot of your, your players go out in free agency. So you need to replenish what you have on your roster. So when you look at this team right now, they have a first-round pick. It's the 27th overall. And I like to say, like, the, what, the last three, four years, it's been right at that spot 
late 20s, 27th overall, 27th, 28th, whatever. Um, they're pretty comfortable in the spot, and what they usually do is they trade back. They kind of always trade back, it seems like. And it wouldn't surprise me if they did that again, but you know, for this year, they have some really good draft capital to move up or down in the draft because they have their first-round pick, 27th overall. They have two second-round picks. Pretty good, actually. Uh, 59th and 64th overall. They have a third-round pick. They have two fourth-round picks. They have a fifth, and they have a sixth. So they have a good amount of draft capital in the mid-rounds where, you know, for a class of receivers and offensive line, it's supposed to be pretty deep this year. So you might sit back and draft the best player available. If you find a player that you really like, they could certainly trade up. But some good ammunition for, for the Seahawks right now. And uh, like, like I said before, they have the 27th overall pick. It wouldn't surprise me in John Schneider fashion. And that's okay. I mean, when you look at this draft class, plenty of depth at receiver, cornerback, offensive line. I mean, yeah, there's, there's plenty to be had in this year's draft class. And they have some holes to fill. They're coming off another postseason appearance, but there is plenty to be had for, for the Seahawks team. Russell Wilson, great franchise quarterback, but you need to do a better job on both sides of the football field in terms of the trenches, okay? You need to protect your quarterback and Russell Wilson, and as of right now, uh, the only two offensive linemen that I know are for sure going to be constants on the starting offensive line is going to be guard DJ Fluker and tackle Dwayne Brown. Outside of that, a lot of what-ifs. Senator Justin Britt is coming off an ACL. Maybe they keep him, maybe they don't because of salary cap purposes. But yeah, uh, right tackle Jermaine Urfetti, former uh, first-round pick. Yeah, he left. Uh, he went to, to the Bears. George Fant, he left to the Jets. You get what I'm saying? They, they need some more offensive linemen, and so that needs to be top of mind whether they get a tackle. Uh, they certainly need a right tackle or some interior linemen, uh, but they need to protect their quarterback. Secondly, they need to get to the passer, to the opposing passer, the quarterback. They need some more pass rushers, guys. So last year's first-round pick, LJ Collier from TCU, he got hurt early in the offseason. And since then, he felt like he was just always a step behind. He got kind of lost in the rotation. And so you need to, to get more pass rush. Um, you know, for a team that used to pride itself on, on being a top defense, uh, they are not getting as much pressure against the quarterback and so if you look at this team you know Rasheem Green I think he was their top leading sack producer with five sacks for the season which isn't that much in the big scheme of things and Quentin Jefferson he left the Bills uh, to Dave and Clowney their best pass rusher on paper is a free agent and he remains unsigned now he could come back with the Seahawks but as of right now he's not on the team so it goes back to my point. They need some edge pass rushers, okay? And there's some good ones to, to be had, especially in the later part of the first round, whether you like AJ Espinosa from Iowa, Terrell Lewis from Alabama, um, Josh Uch from Michigan. I mean, there, there's a couple. Um, next thing that would be top of mind, and this is something they've always prided themselves on. It's been linebacker, Bobby Wagner, great linebacker. KJ Wright held it down. But in, in the long scheme of things, it's starting to get... A little dire in, in a couple seasons. So you have Bobby Wagner as your star linebacker, but Casey Wright, he's on his last year of the deal, and he's getting a little bit longer in the in the tooth. 
Michael Kendricks, I don't know how long he's, he can be on the roster in terms of his viability. He's had some legal issues in the past. And so when you put that into consideration, the only linebacker that you see, you know, in terms of long-term viability would be uh, last year's third-round pick, Cody Barton. So, yeah, uh, a linebacker or two wouldn't be that bad. And last but not least, their secondary. Now, I'll give them a lot of credit. Their secondary via trade has worked out really well, actually. Uh, last year, they midseason, they, they traded a fifth-round pick to get Quandry Diggs, who's been an absolute stud for them. They also traded this offseason for Quentin Dunbar from the Redskins. They got a lot of really good value out of him. I think that he should be a high upside starter opposite of Shaquille Griffin. But when you think down the road for them, they're starting strong safety, Bradley McDougal. He is on the end of his contract. Last year's second-round pick, Marquise Blair, is slated to come in at free safety since Tedrick Thompson did not work out. Uh, they would it'd probably be in their best interest to get another defensive back. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to be as immediate because they have some promising players in Trey Flowers, Dunbar, like I mentioned before. Uh, they, they signed Nico Thorpe. Uh, I, I do like the prospect of Marquise Blair stepping up, but once again, you got to keep the cupboard fresh. A lot of names that are favorable, but they've yet to do it. So keep the talent going for the secondary. Onwards, let's go ahead and go to the desert, the Arizona Cardinals. So it's just trippy how much of a difference a year makes. Because last year, they were playing poker face. They drafted Josh Rosen the year before with a top 10 pick. There were rumors that they were going to look to Kyler Murray, who... Mind you, was supposed to play professional baseball, major league baseball level, as a first-round pick to the Oakland Athletics. But uh, last-minute audible, he decided that he would rather be a franchise quarterback more so than anything. And, you know, between Kyler Murray, Quinn Williams, Nick Bosa, I mean, would the Cardinals really be so gutsy as to draft another quarterback in back-to-back years? There's no way, right? There's no way. But that's exactly what happened. The Cardinals drafted Kyler Murray with the top overall pick in the 2019 draft and paired him up with Cliff Kingsbury. And you know what? As much skepticism even from my end about doing that, it worked out great. Okay, so Josh Rosen, they traded him to the Dolphins. Kyler Murray in year one with the Cliff Kingsbury system. While they didn't make the playoffs, they weren't a winning team per se, but they were a very interesting team, okay? They adjusted throughout the season, and I think Cliff Kingsbury, Colin Murray, that team as a whole ended on a very high note. Uh, They competed. They beat the Seahawks last season. They competed very hard against the Niners. They've played really good football against some really tough teams. Now, as a young team, were they able to win those games? No, but you like what you see out of this group. And so one year later, you look at 2020. For a team that was so barren in years past, well, a lot more optimism this year, okay? Because I think that what they did in free agency, while it really wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't mind-blowing stuff in terms of free agency, but man, not too bad to address the front seven. They signed defensive tackle Jordan Phillips from the Buffalo Bills. They signed... 
Devin Kennard, linebacker from the Detroit Lions. Uh, they got Devondre Campbell from the Atlanta Falcons and topped that off with what they did in free agency last year when they signed Jordan Hicks from the Philadelphia Eagles. Linebacker corps, not too bad. Uh, defensive line remains to be seen, but they still have Chandler Jones on the edge. And so what do the Cardinals need to do in Kyler Murray's sophomore season? You know, the most obvious thing to think about for Kyler Murray in year two is you need to build around him. And I didn't even mention about their blockbuster offseason trade this this year. They're already doing it. They are building a great nucleus around Kyler Murray because they just, I don't know, they dumped David Johnson's horrendous contract in return for, I don't know, the game's best receiver in DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans. Yeah, they traded a second-round pick, David Johnson, for DeAndre Hopkins, and a fourth-round pick. Holy shit, right? So now, on paper, you have Kyler Murray, you have DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, Kenyon Drake. Not that bad on paper. And when you look at last year's draft class of wide receivers, they drafted three wide receivers last year. Hakeem Butler, Andy Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson. Put that all together and... In years' time, Cardinals look like they're ready to compete. So in Kyler Murray's sophomore year, I won't say it's an easier task at hand, but certainly it should be a very interesting job for general manager Steve Keim because now you've officially identified your franchise quarterback, so let's build on that. And how do they build on that, okay? Do they want to invest in offensive linemen with their top pick? Because they should have, I don't know, dibs on... The top four, which is Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa, Jedrick Willis out of Alabama, Andrew Thomas out of Georgia, and uh, uh, Mekhi Becton out of Louisville. Some really intriguing prospects. But I mean, on the other side of the football, their linebackers look a lot better than last year, but their defensive line still remains a work in progress. Their run defense last year was, I don't know, dead last. Down the middle, not good. Not a good unit last year. And Jordan Phillips... Should help. They lost Ronnie Gunter, but you get what I'm saying. They need another defensive tackle to develop. It would be interesting with that eighth overall pick if they had their pick of a top offensive lineman or maybe the top defensive tackle in this year's draft class, Derek Brown out of Auburn. What would they do? But regardless, they need to fix the trenches. Kind of similar to the Seahawks, but more so their run defense. They need the defensive tackle for their defensive line, and they need some better offensive lineman talent to protect their franchise quarterback in Kyler Murray. Uh, a couple other random thoughts too. I mean, it would be nice to get another receiver. I've seen some rumors that, you know, Kyler Murray is vying for his, his teammates in college from Oklahoma, C.D. Lamb. That would be, I mean, on paper, that, that would be some shit. If you had Larry Fitz, DeAndre Hopkins, and C.D. Lamb, that might be some overkill, but... You know, uh, for a offense that employs four wide receivers in that 10 personnel Cliff Kingsbury offense, uh, that might be really interesting to, to see. Uh, but I also think that edge pass rushing remains a big priority as well. Chandler Jones does a great job, and he is one of the best pass rushers in the league. But as everyone knows, you can never have enough pass rushers. Chandler Jones, Kevin Denard, Jordan Hicks, good, but they need some more youth at that position to rush the passer. A couple other random thoughts with the Cardinals, too. It's not immediate to meet it, but hear me out. Running back position, 
They let go of David Johnson. They traded him to the Texans, so they got rid of that contract, which is awesome. They have Kenyon Drake right now on a transition franchise tag. He's getting about 8 mil, but he's only on a one-year deal. So add him with Chase Edmonds. Not bad, but you know, in terms of like the longevity of the position, I'd probably want another mid-round pick on a running back just to keep that group fresh. Cornerback position, too. Uh, that remains... Actually, it seems to be an ongoing issue with the NFC West. So you have Patrick Peterson, you have last year's rookie, Byron Murphy, but they really need another cornerback that would really push for the cornerback two spot opposite of Patrick Peterson because Byron Murphy, for as good of a defensive back as he is, he's better suited to nickelback. And I don't know, if you look at this group, you have Robert Alford, um, Chris Jones. It's... It's pretty weak, man. So I would look to at least get a little bit more competition at the quarterback spot. Okay, so circling back with the Cardinals, once again, they have the eighth overall pick in the first round. And if I'm the Cardinals, you know, for the first round, since they don't have a second round pick from the DeAndre Hopkins trade, and then they have the third and two fourths and whatnot, uh, for, for a team that has a lot of remaining holes to build around Kyler Murray and rebuild this defense, especially defending the run, you know, if there, I mean, if there's so many offensive tackles and you not necessarily are married to one particular prospect, it might be in their best interest to just trade down, honestly. Like, they don't have a second-round pick because of the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Uh, they have a lot of needs. So you get what I'm saying. Uh, there's no, well, let's just say Isaiah Simmons or someone else interestingly falls to them. Derek Brown, that could be something, but, you know... I, I think that's that's the play that I would make. Um, you know, could you go so far as to say that they would take C.D. Lamb with the eighth overall pick? Maybe. General Manager Steve Kime has done some crazy in the past, like I don't know, drafting quarterbacks and back-to-back years with their first-round picks. But wait and see for the Cardinals. Wait and see. Last but not least, Los Angeles Rams, and they've had. They've had quite the offseason, though, guys. So a lot of ups and downs, mostly downs this offseason because, I mean, it's just it's crazy. Just just a couple of years ago, they were in the Super Bowl. They had their nucleus. They went all in by trading for a lot of primetime players and, uh, to be honest, uh, paying a lot of top dollar to retain their players as well. But fast forward to now, whether you want to admit it or not, general manager, less need, pretty much admitted that uh, a lot of his moves did not pan out. What do I mean by that? Well, their franchise running back in Todd Gurley, who they just gave him uh, a pretty hefty extension a couple of years ago. Uh, they released him. They released him, I think, just after a year of his new contract, going into his second year of that contract. And so that's $20 million in dead cap space. Their top edge pass rusher, Dante Fowler, they let him go to sign in free agency to the Atlanta Falcons. And hmm, Clay Matthews, their linebacker, was released. Their safety, Eric Weddle, retired. Last but not least from all of this, uh, because they don't have any first-round draft picks for like the next couple years, it went out to Jalen Ramsey and, and a couple other trades the last couple years. But they don't have any first round picks for the next couple years and so uh, in an effort to get some of their draft capital back they traded 
Brandon Cooks, who, mind you, they traded a first-round pick for a couple years ago. And they traded Brandon Cooks to the Houston Texans for a second-round pick. Not too bad, actually, when you consider that Brandon Cooks, at this point of his career, uh, coming off another concussion season, uh, he was due a good amount of money for the next couple years on his new deal. So it was probably best to do that anyways. And I'm actually surprised that the Texans were... Well, I'm not too surprised because the Texans have been doing a lot of questionable moves, but uh, I was very surprised that they were able to get a second-round pick for Brandon Cooks, uh, considering the amount of money that he's due on his deal and considering all the concussions he's had the last couple of seasons. So when you look at this Rams team, uh, they were able to recoup that second-round pick. So they have a second-round pick, two-thirds, a fourth-round pick, a sixth-round pick, and a seventh. I think when you look at the Rams draft strategy heading into 2020, they pretty much have their roster. Their their premier guys is going to be Goff, Donald, Ramsey. I mean, they have a lot of money and draft capital that has already been um, sacrificed for these guys. So with these mid-round picks, they need to make a count, meaning that they need to find cheaper contracts, younger talent to keep this core moving okay so you know between Robert Woods and Cooper Cup that's okay because you know what they went from a lot of 11 personnel which is three wide receiver one tight end and one running back to a lot of 12 personnel in the latter stages of last season which is two receivers and two tight ends and you saw a lot of Gerald Everett Tyler Higby but still you know a third wide receiver to round out that group would be great Uh, right now they have Josh Reynolds in the fold at the number three spot for them, which is honestly that not too bad. But, you know, I, I'm pretty sure they, they would like a, another receiver uh, in the mid rounds. And when you look at the running back situation too, no Todd Gurley anymore, but they got an interesting committee of running backs right now. Uh, Malcolm Brown, John Kelly, and last year's third round pick, Daryl Henderson. Not too bad of a group. It's an unproven group. And so I, I would like the Rams to add another running back in the mix, you know, mid-round pick. Uh, maybe, maybe they get Jonathan Taylor. Uh, maybe, maybe a good running back would slip to them. But that's just my perspective. And, you know, f- for their secondary, they lost their nickel back in Nickel Roby Coleman. Defensive backs are always of need. And, you know, it's, it's a pretty green group right now outside of Jalen Ramsey. Lastly, in regards to offense, Offensive line, Andrew Whitworth, they gave him a three-year, $30 million extension. That was key for them to retain some stability uh, for their offensive line because overall for this group, it underwhelmed really bad. Right tackle Robert Havenstein, he wasn't the same player after his contract extension. Uh, They had a lot of injuries and inconsistencies for their interior spots at guard and center. I mean, they, they get Austin Blythe back, Austin Corbin, Okay, guys, but you would like to see a little bit more consistency from them. You saw some promise out of last year's rookie draft picks in Bobby Evans and David Edwards, but you get what I'm saying. They need some more talent uh, to really challenge this group and keep it afloat because right now, uh, from the same group last year, they didn't perform. So what are you going to do this time around, honestly? All right, guys, that, so that pretty much wraps it up for the NFL Draft Preview. The next couple days, I'll have a couple more pods a bit more specific to the teams and the draft prospects as we head into Thursday's NFL Draft Time. Once again, thank you so much for checking out the pod, whether you check it out on Spotify or iTunes or Google. Uh, but also, don't forget to check out the other social media platforms. 
Instagram at Just the West, Twitter at Just the West, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy. We out here. Peace. <laughs>